0: This is the podcast of the California Institute of Integral Studies, where we bring you conversations and lectures from our public program series, featuring world-renowned scholars, leaders, authors, artists, and thinkers. In this episode, the creator of Post Secret, the website that asks the community to mail in their deepest secrets on postcards, talks about the shared secrets that unite us all and asks the audience to share their own secrets live. The talk was recorded on October 20, 2016 in front of a live audience in San Francisco. To make sure you never miss an episode of the CIIS Public Programs Podcast, find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our website at ciis.edu slash podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> oh, This is going to be fun. My name is Frank and I collect secrets. In 12 years, over a million people have mailed me their deepest confessions on postcards. I brought some special ones to share with you guys this evening. But first, is anybody here tonight brave enough to admit to mailing in a secret to post secret? Any brave souls in the audience tonight? How did it feel? Honestly, it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome? What's your name? Camille. Camille. Take a book, Camille. Send me more. Let's give Camille a hand. Thanks for your secret. Thank you. Camille. Thanks for being here, Camille. Has anybody here been to the Post Secret website before? Yeah, I don't have that many books. (laughs) Camille got my last one. But I think we all have secrets. And I like to imagine each of us keeping our secrets in a box just like this. And every day I think we make a decision about what to do with our box, whether to bury it down deep inside us like a coffin and forget about it, or to bring our box out into the light, open it, and share our secrets like gifts. This is a secret that came to me recently. It hasn't been on the web. Like almost every postcard I get, there's artwork that comes from the sender. This one has a drawing of an elevator schematic on the top. This one says, I feel guilty when I take elevators for one floor, so I limp when I get out. (laughs) That's one you might forget about, but I guarantee you, the next time you see somebody limping off an elevator, (laughs) this night's going to come back. This one colorfully says, my post secrets are now my greatest truths. Two years sober today, the person who wrote this secret is in the audience with us here tonight. This is a great audience, I can tell already. This postcard has a drawing of King Babar from the children's storybook. This one came from Sacramento and says, When I was a child, I was constantly terrified that my entire life was just a story being read by King Babar to his children, and that someday he would close the book and my life would end. Uh, This one's kind of on the other extreme. This postcard came with a a happy middle-class woman preparing a salad in her very uh, suburban-looking dining room. She's tossing the salad. It says, my husband won't have sex with me anymore, so I masturbated with a cucumber and served it in a salad for dinner. (laughs) We just kicked into PG-13, I think. Uh, (laughs) This one says, I work at a vet clinic. When euthanizing a pet, we give you the option of staying in the room with them or leaving. Always stay. They look for you once you're gone. This is the last one I brought in my uh, box today. It's a a secret that was given to me on an In-N-Out burger bag. (laughs) I get secrets on so many amazing items mailed to me. Naked mail, it's called. I've had secrets written down and mailed to me on seashells, a dollar bill, naked Polaroid pictures, a flip-flop, a bra, a sonogram, a death certificate an uncooked Idaho potato through the mail with a secret on it. It's legal to mail a potato in the US. Maybe my favorite, though, arrived on a bag of coffee. Somebody sent me a one pound bag of coffee. They wrote their secret right on the bag. They wrote, for whatever reason, where I work, they don't keep inventory, so please enjoy 16 ounces of our finest dark roast. And I shared that story with an audience just like you, not too long ago, and somebody in the back of the room yells out, did you try the coffee? (laughs) And I said, no, it smelled great, but I never tried it. And they said, you should, you should try the coffee. (laughs) And I went, why, why should I try it? Because I mailed it to you. (laughs) So you never know what's gonna happen at a post-secret event. There's the secret on the burger bag. It says, hey Frank, I smuggled this food into the auditorium where you spoke. You were great, and so was my grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) I've been called the most trusted stranger in America. It's also been written that no other living person has seen more secrets than me. I don't know if either one of those claims is true or not, but what I do know is I don't get to see all the secrets. One secret I never saw, but I'll never forget, came from an email. This woman wrote, Dear Frank, I visited the Post Secret website and was really moved by what I saw there. I went out, I bought a postcard, I decorated it, I chose my words carefully to take ownership of a secret I'd never let out before. And when I finished, I looked at my secret, And when I saw my secret staring back at me for the first time, I felt horrible. And I took my postcard and tore it in half. And in that moment, I decided to no longer be the person who carries that secret in my life. And I love that story. I like imagining what the details of that secret might have been. But more than that, I I think that story reveals this truth about the nature of all of our secrets. How sometimes, when we think we're keeping a secret, that secret's actually keeping us. And it could be preventing us from that one chance we ever get to lead our true life. The stakes could not be higher. In November of 2004, I had a crazy idea. I printed up 3,000 self-addressed postcards, just like this. They were blank on one side, and on the other side I printed some simple instructions. You're invited to anonymously contribute a secret to a group art project. Your secret could be a regret, fear, betrayal, desire, confession, or childhood humiliation. Reveal anything, as long as it's true and you've never shared it with anyone before. And at night, after work, I would get in my truck and drive from my comfortable suburb to downtown Washington, D.C., and at night in the darkness, I would walk those sidewalks soliciting secrets from strangers. Yeah, it felt as weird as it sounds. (laughs) I didn't tell my friends or neighbors what I was doing. I told my wife, and she didn't understand it, but she supported me. My parents had been divorced for many years, but I called up my mom and told her I was asking strangers to tell me their deepest secrets and she listened for a bit and then she called the idea diabolical (laughs) and as I was talking to her on the phone I googled diabolical (laughs) I said mom you mean of the devil Satan's work (laughs) and it turns out yes that's exactly what she meant (laughs) it didn't take long before my crazy idea stopped feeling so crazy Secrets began to find their way to my mailbox. It was a slow trickle at first, just a handful every day. And as they would arrive, I would scan them on my scanner, post them on the web, and share them on Sundays. That first Sunday, I had about 100 visitors to postsecret.com. The next Sunday, 1,000. The Sunday after that, 100,000. The idea of Post Secret began to spread virally across the country, around the world, people began to buy their own postcards and make their own postcards. They started arriving with postmarks, not just from Washington, D.C., but from Texas, Nebraska, California, Dublin, New Zealand, Greenland, Hong Kong, Iraq. It was then I realized I had accidentally tapped into something that had been there the whole time, something full of mystery and wonder that I still don't fully understand to this day. One of the surprises I had is when I would get them translated, sometimes the secrets coming from different continents on opposite sides of the world would be expressing the same fear, or the same anguish, or the same hidden act of kindness. I got a lot of romantic secrets. From Russia with love. From Singapore with love. It was around this time that my wife started to get nervous. She said, Frank, couldn't you have used a P.O. box instead of our home address all over the web on the cover of a book? And I said, don't worry, Jan, this won't last long. (laughs) (laughs) My original goal was to receive 365 postcards, and this is my postcard collection today. That's my wife Jan struggling to stack a brick of 250 postcards on a pyramid of well over a million. Today that whole pyramid is on exhibit at the Smithsonian in Washington DC and the website itself has had over 750 million hits. When I think back on this though, I think, I think 20 years ago, 30 years ago for sure, all this would have been impossible But now, today, all of us have free access to these digital tools that allow us to reach millions of people for free, every day. It's like each of us has our own personal printing press. And all we have to do is figure out the right words and what order they should go in to make an impact that can change the world. That's why I'm so excited about the future of the web. The same tools I used, we all can use to start a conversation a community, a community, a conversation that, that hasn't been possible before. You know, post-secret was just one crazy idea. It was just mail me your secrets. Anybody could have started that. Anybody, have, anybody here could have started it. But I believe there are a thousand or ten thousand other ideas as good as post-secret or better, just waiting for that one person to have that crazy faith to believe in it and make it happen. Probably more than one person here with us tonight. I get asked a lot why I started the project. Um, I don't have any artistic background or training. I was a small business owner for 20 years. Before that, a student at Berkeley, not too far from here. But I have to say, besides a boring job, the, the impetus, and I think I realized this three months into the project, was was something that surprised me, was, was an epiphany. And I had this epiphany when I got this postcard. About three months in, this one came to my mailbox and this is what it said. The holes are from when my mom tried knocking down my door so she could continue beating me. This was a secret that was handwritten down on a photograph of a damaged bedroom door. And when I got it, I put it on the web, and I wasn't ready for what happened next. That day, a million people visited the website, and I started getting more emails and more pictures from young people telling me their stories, sending me pictures of their broken bedroom doors, one after another, after another. As each one came, I would post it on the web. Soon I had this long column of over a dozen pictures of broken bedroom doors. And the stories that came with these photos would break your heart even more. I remember one from a girl, she wrote, Dear Frank, seeing all these pictures of broken bedroom doors, it doesn't depress me because all this time I thought I was the only one. And just knowing there are other people out there, like me, who share my secret, it doesn't make my secret go away, but it lets my burden feel just a little bit lighter. And then I got a picture of a broken bedroom door that reminded me that when I was young, I had one of these doors too. And for the first time, I really felt it, this truth about the project, how there are two kinds of secrets. There are the secrets that we keep from others and the secrets that we hide from ourselves. And when I'd uncovered that part of my personal history, I wrote it on a postcard, I mailed it to myself, I talked to my wife about it, and every time I share it at events like this, my burden feels a little bit lighter too. What I'd like to do now is take you on a journey into the heart of this archive of secrets over 10 years, 11, 12 years, a celebration of secrets, starting with This one. (laughs) This one says, I wish all secrets could be fun secrets. Ha ha, hee hee. (laughs) I always wonder who mailed this in, sandals or socks? We'll never know that secret. (laughs) Maybe kept, unless they're here tonight, or not finding out. I have 11 secrets I've never told to anyone. It's both my biggest fear and my greatest desire to find someone I trust enough to share all of them with. This is the second most common secret I get. The most common secret mailed to me is, I pee in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I get so many bathroom related secrets, there could be a whole post secret book just on (laughs) scatological secrets, I'd call it. I'll tell you one I got recently. This one lodged itself in my mind, and now I'm gonna lodge it in your mind. You're welcome, here it comes. Sometimes when my boyfriend and I shower together, I pee on him and he has no idea. (laughs) So this one, when I say it's the second most common secret, I don't, mean, I don't mean this exact secret, but the idea behind the secret. The idea that so many of us are someplace on that journey trying to find that one person who we can be our full and true and whole selves with. That's a secret I see written dozens of different ways on postcards every week. We couldn't put this one in the books because the image was copywritten, and that's gonna be true with some other postcards I show you tonight. Sometimes it's a copyright issue that prevents us from publishing the postcards in the books. When I was in third grade, I found my mother's diaphragm. I put it on my head and looked in the mirror and wondered why she'd never told us that she was Jewish. It wasn't until years later that I found out that she was really only a Catholic using birth control. I've never discussed this with anyone. (laughs) This one is in one of the books, and I included it tonight because it's one of my favorites. (laughs) I think it's universal. I think everybody here tonight, if you honestly looked back at your childhood, you'd be able to identify at least one time where you misinterpreted the adult world in in a funny or a humorous way. And I think if you can retrieve one of those stories and share it with someone you trust, it allows you to deepen that channel of intimacy between you and that person. And it gives that other person permission to tell you one of their secrets. Secrets are the currency of intimacy. But this one, I also like it because of the last line the person wrote. They wrote, I've never discussed this with anyone. Like this postcard could be the only time in their life they out that endearing story. And I think that's tragic. (laughs) A friend of mine told me recently that in Hebrew, in Hebrew, the word secret, it means come closer. So now every time I see this secret, it reminds me that maybe I'm keeping secrets in my own life too for the wrong reasons. And I should instead be using those secrets to come closer to the people I care most about. Over the past 10 years, more American soldiers, men and women, have been killed by their own hands than by the enemy, any terrorist group. On college campuses, the statistics are even more staggering about suicide. Statistically among us in the next 12 months, 15 of us here tonight will think about ending our lives And nine of you, nine of you right now, are sitting next to somebody who will actually try. The Surgeon General has said that suicide is the most preventable form of death in this country. We know what we can do to help. We know what works. We know that by attacking the stigma, the shame of mental illness that can prevent young people from asking for the help they need, we know that can save lives. We know that by sharing our stories, talking about our feelings of depression or isolation before those feelings wall us up by sharing our secrets, that can save lives too. You doing okay? Sure. Really, what can I do for you? I don't know. Please let me know, Okay. I seriously am worried about you. Don't be. I can be if I want to. You can't see it on the back of this postcard that was mailed to me. But if you turned it over on the upper right-hand corner, the person wrote, My friend doesn't realize it, but this conversation saved my life. Sometimes it's the smallest actions we take that can have the greatest impact in the lives of others. More than once I've gotten emails from students who say the only reason I'm alive today is because my friend... My RA, my classmate, my professor asked me how I was doing at just the right time. How you doing? I'm worried about you. I've been there too. It might feel hopeless, but there's always help. Don't do anything before you call me. You've got my number. Call me anytime, day or night. Let's get through this together. Let's find help together. I've been there too. Let me tell you my story. I believe some of you here this evening have said just the right thing at just the right time, and you've saved somebody's life without even knowing it. The last thing I want to say about this is something that makes me really proud, and that is, over the 12-year history of PostSecret, the PostSecret community collectively has not only raised a million dollars for suicide prevention, but created the most complete and comprehensive database available online for free of suicide prevention websites, text lines, and hotlines. And I believe some of the people who made that possible are here with us tonight. So please help me express my appreciation for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I was in the mental ward, I would look out the window a lot. Now, since I'm out, I ride my bike past the window every day and smile. There's hope. I think if you've paged through any of the post-secret books, eventually you come across one postcard, one secret that just it resonates with your heart. And it might be a different secret for everybody here tonight. For me, it's this one. I've never been in a mental ward before, but I have had my struggles. My family broke up when I was very young. In middle school, I saw my best friend fall to his death. I've been homeless before. I've been homeless in Berkeley for a short period of time. I didn't find meaningful work in my own life until I was in my 40s. I've struggled with mental illness. I've had to ask for help. So I've learned to have patience, patience with the world and patience with myself because there is always hope just it doesn't always come on the time schedule we'd like it to and this secret also reminds me that the children almost broken by the world become the adults most likely to change it I said she dumped me but really I dumped her body This is the most controversial secret that's ever been mailed to my mailbox. I was contacted by the FBI, the police about this one. We believe, at the time, we believed this had come from like a Google map screenshot with a scale bar here, identifying marks cut out. We didn't think there was any way to identify where on the planet this scene was from. But after we posted it, 30 minutes later, the Reddit community had identified the specific (laughs) location. (laughs) Within an hour, the police were called. They searched that entire space. It turns out it was a field behind a golf course in Chicago. Thankfully, nothing was discovered. But what a reminder of the gravity of what you're doing when you open up your home mailbox to the world's secrets. Sometimes I'm asked if I share all the secrets I get. And I, I don't think of myself as censoring secrets. PostSecret is a clearinghouse of secrets, but there are a handful of secrets that I've never shared. And I'll tell you one of them tonight. This was a secret that was mailed to me on a family portrait. And across the children's faces, the secret said, my brother doesn't realize it, but his father is not the same as our father. And you could tell the brother person was talking about i don't doubt the truth of that secret but i don't i don't feel like i have ownership of that confession to out that young man that he might find harmful in a way that he might find harmful so that's an example of a secret that i'll tell you but i'll probably never share that postcard that image but it does it does uncover some uncomfortable realities Um, i can tell you statistically Three people here in this room right now, according to DNA research, that has been done on thousands, three people with us right now have a different actual father than who they believe their biological father to be. Oh, this next one, <laughs> a few speed readers with us here tonight. <laughs> this next one, I have to give you some quick background before I show it to you. Um, Before post-secret events, I'll take pictures with students and this is an example of one of those photos I took with students at a post-secret live event. They made that photo into a post-secret secret. secret. And at that event, just like this evening, I was using a wireless mic. Your mic wasn't off during sound check. We all heard you pee. (laughs) So this one was humiliating on multiple levels, Uh, starting with my freaky, disembodied, floating cut-off head up here. And I believe you can identify who mailed in this secret, no, 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 no. She's taking credit right there with that pose, I think. When this secret came in, my wife got it first, we were at our dining room table, she had a good chuckle. As she was laughing, I was trying to relive the moments of that night in my mind. And then it hit me. You know, that one thing we can pretty much always say no matter how shitty a situation is, and in this case it's definitely true. It could have been worse. (laughs) That's all I'm gonna say. We have some time left. As I said earlier, this is my favorite time in the evening. We've got two microphones, one's against that wall, the other is against this wall about halfway back, and there's one in the back, in the center, in the balcony there. I should also say too, this is not television, this is a live event. And you're surprised, you'd be surprised what can come out at a live event. I was speaking in London not too long ago. The first person who came to the mic, She said, I'm a professor here on campus, Frank. I'm 60 years old, and every lecture I've delivered this year, I've been stoned. (laughs) Another time, another time I was in Australia, someplace in Australia, we were sound checking a microphone, and there was an usher at the mic before the performance, and I said, tell me a secret. And he said, okay, I'll tell you a secret. And I was like, oh, buckle up, this is gonna be good. (laughs) And he did not disappoint. He said, Frank, when I was in elementary school, I wanted to get out of going to school one day. So I made up this story about how I had this stomach ache and I I told my mom again and again, she didn't believe me, but I kept going and eventually I really convinced her about this pain I had in my stomach. He said, I convinced her so much so that she ended up driving me to the hospital. And during that drive, I realized there was no turning back on this story. (laughs) Later that day, I had my appendix removed. <laughs> not the first time I've heard that secret. <laughs> Nobody is alone with their secret. So I think we have some people at the mics. It's not easy stepping up to a microphone in Herbst Theater. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's start over here. Yes.
2: Uh, hi, Frank. I just hey. want to say thanks for showing us how it's done. Like You really have done a phenomenal job of showing us what happens when you follow your heart and you work with love. I've been following you for years, and I was also one of the few people that had the app as well. And I was really sad and heartbroken to see that it, it left the existence and that Dix had to ruin it. I mean, God, I hate when that happens. <laughs> But I also want to share, I mean, I think it's so valuable to have such a safe space for people to be anonymous and to be able to share things that really they're not comfortable sharing with anyone. The fact that you brought two best friends together, I mean, that speaks so highly of what you're here. And I'll be a yogi for a minute. Your dharmic work, what you're here to bring to this universe. And I just want to take a moment to bow to that because it really truly I think means a lot to me and clearly this whole room of people. So oh. thank you very much Frank, you are awesome.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that sentiment. It makes me want to thank the people who are important to my life, like my wife and my daughter, my family and friends who are all in the theater here tonight. Please help me give them a hand as well. Thanks, you guys. Yes, over here.
3: When I was younger, I would always listen, when I checked the website, I'd always listen to How to Save a Life by The Fray. The best time, very cliche, I know, the best time I checked the Post Secrets, my mom started singing along. I texted her, I, I wanted to text her when I was waiting outside to tell her how awesome it is, and for a split second, I forgot she had passed in 2014.
1: Thanks for sharing that with us tonight. Do we have anybody? Yes, please go ahead, in the balcony.
2: This is a new secret, and it's one that hurts in ways I've never had a secret hurt me. I can't believe that I've never felt so ashamed as when you thought it was okay
0: to try to touch me in a place that you shouldn't, in front of my father, in a place that I thought was safe. Thanks for that new low.
1: Thank you for sharing that with us. We could hear the emotion in your voice for sure, and you might have felt like you were alone at the microphone, but I guarantee you, somebody here tonight needed to know they weren't alone with the same secret. So thanks for heroically sharing your secret. Yes, down here.
4: Hi, Frank. Hey. It's kind of weird. I actually work in this theater sometimes, so it's like I'm sharing a secret at work. But um, so this is something I don't tell a lot of people, only very close friends, and my Life has actually allowed me to become who I really need to be to be able to make this part of myself and to start bringing it out there. But whenever religion comes up with friends, family, that kind of thing, I always say, oh, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist, this and that. But uh, I want to tell everybody here that I'm actually a Satanist. And there's a lot of stigmatism behind that word and everybody thinks it's terribly scary. but. I'm proud of who I am. It's brought me a lot of strength in my life and shown me how to really love those in my life that deserve it. And it's something I'm very proud of.
1: Thanks for sharing your secret. (laughs) Can we get the lights up just a little bit so we can see folks at the microphone, please? Yes, please.
0: Um, I am a teacher here in San Francisco and you. (laughs) Thanks. Um, and my secret is about, uh, I'm being, I'm more open and out in my sexual orientation and identity with my students than I am with my family. And that's just kind of hitting me really hard tonight and reminding me, um, I feel like I'm out with my students because I have an obligation to them to set an example of being comfortable with who I am, and I kind of am forgetting my uh, obligation to myself to be really okay with who I am and open with everybody in my life. Well said.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Thanks for reminding us that coming out is a courageous process, not just a day. Uh, yes, please. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um,
5: so, like, in this world that we're in, like, it's all like Facebook and looking down at your phone and people not interacting, and like, I couldn't find any of my friends who wanted to come with me, so I came by myself, and I was like, I'm gonna be all by myself. Oh, but I met two pretty fun girls here. One is Adriana. Or Ariana. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. And Alicia, <laughs> who bought me and. Adriana, Ariana, coffee and, and like tea. Just we were in line and she's like, I got your coffee. And we're like, what, like people don't do that. And it's like, I think that's a great thing. It reminds you of the kindness of strangers. You hear about it, but you don't ever really seem to experience it until something like this just reminds you like, hey, it's not a one-time thing, like pay it forward, you know. So just thank you for that. Thank you for reminding us that there is good out there.
1: Thanks for yeah. that. I have a feeling that you attract those kinds of people. There's something about you that there's a glow as well. I've heard the story that sometimes people line up by post-secret books after the event. And as they're in line, they're passing books back and forth and writing secrets in each other's books, like yearbooks in high schools and writing a message. So there's some good vibes happening here for sure. Yes, please. Hi, Frank. Um,
5: First, uh, this is a thank you to the two people who brought me here tonight, Damien and Gail. You guys are the best, because they called me literally 45 minutes before this thing and said, you have to get over. I was over in Berkeley. They said, you have to get it there if you want a ticket. And so I came, and I had no idea what I was coming to.
1: Surprise. <laughs> and now you're making <laughs> it better. Go this ahead. This
5: is pretty cool. So I have three really short things. One of them is that the only secrets that I don't give up, because I, I tend to share a lot, Um, are the secrets that I want to hold on to. And I hold on to them not because I'm afraid to let them out, but because I want to keep them safe. Uh, Second thing is, is when you were talking about going back in time and changing something, I couldn't agree more. And I actually, one of the secrets that I can give up is that I'm sometimes very judgmental. And the way I'm judgmental is I think that people who are boring and uninteresting haven't had that many bad things happen to them. Mm and that the most interesting people have. Uh, the third one is uh, one of the parent ones. My father used to tell me, tell me that the signs that said, um, watch for Falling Rock, there was actually a lost Indian boy. And you the same one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that you were supposed to watch for. And that's all i <laughs>
1: You remind us that secrets can be sacred, and I'll just ask again, who here heard that from a parent about falling rock? Nobody's alone with their secret. We're all here with you, bro. Yes.
2: Okay, I swear this is my secret, I just wrote it down so I wouldn't ramble, but um, whenever I see someone in my peripheral that is trying to get by me in like a tight space or like an aisle, I pretend not to see them until they say, excuse me. (laughs) I just just want to, I'm not an asshole, I swear. I just, I'm just someone who was raised with manners, and it's sad that I'm not seeing manners in the world anymore, so that's
1: it. We all do our small part. Yes, in the balcony.
2: Okay, um, sometimes when I'm feeling like really rebellious, I'll steal a plant, but to make myself feel better about it, I'll give it to somebody, like a random stranger, and tell them that they're really cool or something.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
6: yes. Hi, Frank. Uh, ten years ago, I was a first-year teacher, and I sent in a secret to post secret, and it came up on the website, and that was super awesome to see. Ten years later, uh, in the past two years, it's, it's, it's been awful. Five days ago, one of my students took their life. Within the past 14 months, a coworker's two sons took their lives, and his two daughters are trucking along the best they can, and it's torn apart families. And just this past year, one of my former students took her life as a ninth grader, and the family was so ashamed that there are no, there were no services, there were, there were nothing for us left behind. But at this event, I wrote down on my phone so I didn't forget it. That broken tiles make beautiful mosaics because in these horrible events that have happened in the past two years I actually had a conversation with my mom about uh, how rough this has been and she actually told me about uh, 60 years ago now that she was uh, not doing so well in school and it was not acceptable for her to have such a difficulty in math and she was walking her way to the train to jump in front of it when some friends saw that she was in distress and took her aside and were just there for her and i'm here because of those friends (laughs) 60 years ago so sometimes from these horrible events come these bridges that sometimes make things okay
1: thanks for sharing that with us I think in a lot of ways, suicide is America's secret. It's a secret that we keep from ourselves. We don't talk about it, and that just exacerbates the issue, the problem. Over 1,000 students will take their lives this year on college campuses here in the States. If you talk about the issue, you'll be surprised though because people around you will tell you their story, the people they know, their experiences. And my hope is that by sharing our stories, by sharing our secrets communally, it allows us to release that burden, that stress. It helps us understand that no matter how the pain reaches, how in a deep sense, there's always hope and there's always help that's available for us. Yes.
3: Uh, I was inspired
2: by your discussion of the lies that our parents tell us. And so I wanted to share, I'm in my 50s. I've been an active swimmer for probably 45 years, and it's only within the last couple of years that I realized that it really
0: isn't feasible for them to put chemicals in the pool that would make the pool turn red if you pee.
1: (laughs) Thank you. In my childhood, it was blue. Uh, Yes, at the balcony.
2: Hello, I'm a new teacher this year and I taught a project-based learning unit inspired by PostSecret. And for five days straight, I cried my eyes out every day because of what my students were sharing anonymously, we did this whole way that they could submit anonymously. But I was also crying because uh, crying I was so controversial that the school was giving me such bad feedback and some of the parents. And one of those students is with me tonight that hugged me and made me not want to quit my job. <laughs>
1: Nice to see her get a hug by that student in the balcony. We're, we're so glad you're both here. You just made the night better for everybody who's, who's here tonight. Yes?
7: Um,
4: three to four times a week, I cut my own hair. Um, not because of style, obviously, but because I feel like it's the only thing I can control in my life a lot of times. Um, and there's two kind of funny things about it. One, I'm balding, um, so there's that. And then the second is that two to three times a week, one of my coworkers will ask me, hey, did you get a haircut? And I always deadpan him right in the face and go, I have no idea what you're talking
1: about. (laughs) Thanks, man.
4: Yes. Hi, Frank. Hey. I've been uh, following PostSecret for a lot of years. And um, I'm going to move this up. Um, I just want to say thank you for what you've given to the world. my friend that just got up and talked about the ticket that um, that we gave him, uh, I didn't uh, know that it would be something that was so meaningful for you, but I'm really happy that he's here. The reason that he is here, though, is the ticket I bought, I bought two tickets, one for me and my wife, and one extra ticket down close to give away, and I wanted to give it to my brother-in-law. And um, uh, he's been struggling, he's been suicidal in the last few weeks, And I just thought that this night would be really meaningful for him to be here. Um, When you started talking to give your testimonial, my secret is I recorded you and texted it to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that's against the rules. (laughs) (laughs) But you can smash my iPhone if you want, because it was worth it. (laughs)
1: It sounds to me like he's very lucky to have you in his life. Um, Thanks for sharing that. We'll talk later about the phone. (laughs) Yes, in the balcony.
2: So I first heard about Post Secret from my brother. He saw you up in Humboldt State University. And he bought my sister a book when she was going through a really deep depression. And I have two things I wanna share and I've never shaken so hard in my life, but um, basically every time that I feel at my lowest, I order from Amazon same day shipping one of your books so that I could just cry and not feel so alone. And that's probably saved my life many times. Just last week, I read all the books that I have last night Well, I like to go hiking and stuff a lot. I like to go in rivers all the time. But what people don't know is that every time I'm there, I want to just go in the river and not come out of it, or I just want to fall off a cliff. So yesterday was really, really hard for me, and looking forward to this event really kept me alive yesterday.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yes.
2: Hi, Um, I'm also an educator and I'm a school psychologist in Oakland and I had a really simple question for you, Frank, but I I got in line before some of you other educators are here kind of talking and bringing a lot of emotion too. Um, And it seems that my question, sorry, I'm getting emotional now, um, but it seems like my question, is really relevant, so, Bay Area educators, listen. Um, Frank, what what do you do for self-care? You get a lot of emotion coming at you. We do, too. Sorry, I'm not as eloquent as I hoped to be. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do for self-care? You get a lot.
1: I think, for me, it's a combination of things that starts with my wife, who brought me so much healing in my own life, I think the struggle with work, which started at selling cars at a car lot, but ended up doing something I can't imagine being more meaningful. So the struggle of that journey, finding meaning through work. And then lastly, it's been endurance sports. I know that sounds crazy, but for me, earlier this week I got on a bike and rode 100 miles in one day through Solvang, climbed 5,000 feet. And so, getting my heart rate up, becoming completely exhausted at the end of that kind of effort, and having no feeling for worry or stress or anxiety, for me, has worked very well. And lastly, um, this is kind of a secret that I've learned in my life. Whatever the reason, I think when we start young, we've got all these chemicals inside of us. But naturally, as you age, you just get mellower. And the things that used to bother you in elementary school, in high school, and college, in your 20s or 30s, they start melting away. And so no matter what you do, if you just stick, along, stick around long enough, your life will get better
2: I'm, I'm Your older. entropy,
1: it's just. Uh,
2: I'm older than I look. What's that? I'm a lot older than I look.
1: So yeah, endurance swimming and, and endurance cycling has worked wonders for me.
2: Thank you. And one more thing, we're glad you're still here. To the girl up there.
1: Here, here.
7: Yes. Um, so this is weird. Uh, so this is really nice because it's actually one of my like core secrets of my life, and also a big piece of like my favorite part of who I am. Um, in third and fourth and half of fifth grade, I just like, wasn't in my original school district and I came back halfway through fifth grade and everyone asks like, who, who comes back in the middle of a grade? Like, where have you been? It's like, no, I just, my parents like moved for two and a half years to a different school district and they came back. And the truth of the matter is I was actually in that time in a child psychiatric ward and in a like school for developmentally disabled, kind of like angry, messed up kids, um, and like the kind of place where like I literally rode a short bus and to this day I'm not exactly clear on why that was but anyway but that was like how it went down you know um it was just like the kind of place where you ride a short bus and they like tie you up if you get like angry or sad really early introduction to kink like aggressively early um (laughs) but and like that that's uh the reason I'm choosing to share this is because actually what you put up there about everyone having a story like I think it's really great to remember that like people's narratives don't always fit in with like the sexy version of their lives you may see, especially in like a city and a country and a world obsessed with like looking at each other's like LinkedIn and Facebooks. It's really easy to remember that like, or to forget that people have like real struggles in their past, you know.
1: Important words, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Looks like one more person at the top there and then down here. Um, I like to tell
2: two secrets. The first one is a funny dad secret. My dad told me that if I uh, stared at his Casio watch, a bunny would hop by. Yeah, I must have stared at that watch for hours a day. There no bunny. Um, the second secret is the day before the um, postcard about um, staying with your animal, um, when you put it down, went up. I had actually put my cat down, and I hadn't been brave enough um, to stay with him. So my husband did, and the next day the postcard came out. And every day, I love my husband so much for doing that for me.
1: Mm. Thank you. Please.
2: Hi, I'm sorry. I know I broke the rules, but I promise I'll be quick. Um, uh, my, my boyfriend uh, wanted to join the Navy, and um, I wasted all of my eyelash wishes um, on hoping he wouldn't die there, and it turns out that it was alcohol instead, and I just really wanted to get that out, so thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Please.
3: Hi, Frank. Hey. Hi. Um, back in the early 80s, when I was at college in London, I lived on one side of London and my girlfriend lived on the other side of London. And late one night, was, I could, you know, walk her home or take the tube, whatever, get her home, and then there would probably be no way for me to get back. So I made the lazy decision that should be okay, she would get home on her own. And I said goodbye and off she went. And two blocks from my house, she was raped. In that time, she's, you know, she's, she's forgiven me for that, but I've never forgiven myself. And what nobody knows, and my secret is the fact that I, you know, to try to make peace with myself for the judgment that I made at that day is that I, you know, do what I can to contribute to rape crisis and anti-rape prevention and things of that nature to make just some kind of peace with what happened.
1: Thank you. Thanks for letting that go. It's an illusion that we've been listening to other people's secrets here tonight. We haven't. We've been listening to our story, and now each one of us it is to leave this place and decide how that story ends. I want to close tonight where I began with my mail carrier, Kathy. <laughs> I asked Kathy early on if she had a favorite postcard that she had delivered to my mailbox, not knowing if she was a fan or if she knew what I was doing, but she said she did. It was, I put it here. <laughs> It was this card, she said it was her favorite. I'll read it to you, it says, when I worked at the post office as a clerk, I would read postcards as I sorted them. Are you guys doing that? (laughs) She was. I have a favorite secret too. And it was mailed to me, not on a postcard, but on a dollar bill, and I keep a copy of it with me whenever I travel. out of all the secrets that have been mailed to me, maybe this is the most profound, for me, out of a million. All it says is, we're all part of something bigger and we're all part of it together. Thank you for trusting me with your secrets for 12 years. Thank you for being here tonight to celebrate secrets with all of us. And if you ever feel like nobody is there to listen to your secret, you can always write it down on a postcard and mail it to my home. Thank you and good night. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast for CIIS Public Programs and Performances. The audio engineer for this episode was Ramdas Kalsa. Khalsa. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes or visit our website at ciis.edu slash podcast.